You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is our favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday, folks. Hey, everybody. This is the last week you have to deal with us doing this from remote locations. And we know, we know that it's been problematic. (laughs) And Kevin, I I don't know when you come back and I see you in person and we record these in person if if I'm going to be okay. There was a time... (laughs) Rob, you know how much I love when you sang low. I love when you sang. I will never um, go back to before. I mean, you have a... I want to give you my big ending. We will never go back to before. Okay. It was a little. It was a little under, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I, you could have. You could have retarded even more. Like that's, you could have like, stretched um, it out. Sorry, that's not what Stephen no. already said. Stephen. Oh. <laughs> Stephen Flaherty's exact words when I sang that for him was, can you please get out of my bedroom? I'm going to call the cops. I don't know who you are. But he never mentioned that I was under pitch. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Well, that's it was an issue. He would have said something. Wow. Boy, he's such a nice guy. Uh, he is so kind and so appreciative of people who love his music and fans of the theater. Um, every experience I've ever had with him has always been so positive. Um, and we should, we should chat with him at some point. I, I think. would love to yeah. chat with him. We just, we just did that. Oh, and, and Lynn Aaron's too. We just oh, did that 50 below, um, celebrates the Broadhurst concert last week. Yes. How was that Rob? Oh, it was so much fun. Oh my gosh. It was like a huge party from start to oh, finish. Amazing. Um, but Stephen and Lynn, we reached out to them and said, would you be willing to like record videos? Just, you know, saying why you like working at the theater. Stephen did the coolest video. He videotaped himself at a curtain call of Anastasia. I was like, hi, I'm Stephen Flaherty. Uh, I'm backstage at the Broadhurst. That's the sound of the audience. We just had our curtain call. No he was like way. so passionate. So excited. 
He was so sweet. And then Lynn Aarons did a video. But they're so oh, sweet. They're such nice people. We should get them for That's the show. incredible. That's and their work, I mean, for the last 25, 30 years, they've been, I mean, they, you know, I've talked to people that worked with them in the 80s when they were at, I think, a BMI workshop, I want to say. You know, and they, yeah, I mean, yeah. show me a songwriting team other than Candor and Ebb that have been together for 30 years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're so prolific. They really are. And I, I'm hoping that someone's eventually going to yeah. do a review of their work. You know, like an in the world goes round or a putting it together type thing. Because I think it's, it's Oh, yeah. Totally and their accessible. palette is so vast. I mean, you mean from Once on this Island to Ragtime, you know, to Dessa Rose, oh, to Glorious Ones. Yeah. To Rocky. Yeah. To Man of No Importance. My God. The, the, so let's, uh, whoever wants to do the yeah, I'll sign up. Review, I'm there. Let yeah, us know. Please. We're there to support you. <laughs> Um, I have to. T- I have to tell you, we're doing the ZenCaster thing, and when you do ZenCaster, uh, the person that you're speaking to is supposed to type in their name, <laughs> so like for, so you can see who's. It talking. always says so Rob, w. says w. Rob Schneider. w. Schneider. But, but over the past few sessions, Kevin has done some fun ones. So right now, I'm looking at the resistance. <laughs> Um, it's because I'm watching Trump's like speech and I'm so angry. Have, uh, yeah, so I I did. Um, you're angry. I've never seen you texted me on the subway. You were so angry. Now, uh, wait a minute. What, what was your one today? Uh, Julie Jordan. Um, I was Julie Jordan today when we were talking. <laughs> today yeah. was Ju- today yeah. he was Julie Jordan. <laughs> I was so excited. Boy, hey, you know what? I want to start off on a, on a sad note, and I really hate Kate starting these off on a sad note. Yeah. We lost Thomas Meehan today. And I know, like... I know we feel the same way because he was on our list. I know. I think we had reached out to him. It, it is. It, yeah. It, it feel, and I feel selfish when I'm like, I wanted to get his story because his story has been told. But it, what a legend! What a what a what a special person! And not only did he do you know Annie, but then he was like a part of Hairspray. I mean, the man really lived in theater all the way to the end. I mean, he was constantly writing and constantly working. That is. That's special, Rob. Oh, incredibly special. And look, okay, first of all, I think we've talked about this in this in this uh, on the podcast before. Is that librettists don't get book writers don't get the same amount of credit that the composers and lyricists do, and it's really True. their foundation that builds everything. You know, yep. I mean, th- look at all the great scores from the twenties and thirties that we will never see in a show again because the books don't work. Right, the, the book <laughs> is the foundation. The, the glue. It's the glue that holds it all together. And we don't have that anymore. Um, or I mean, uh, not, I mean, we obviously do have it, but just not at this. They don't get the respect that they deserve. No, and, yeah, and I'm not. You're you're exactly right. And I'm not surprised when composers look to like Tony Kushner or Lindsey Crone to like write the books that are these amazing playwrights. But Thomas Meehan really was. Uh, gifted in that the art form of musicals and writing the book for a musical and that was his specialty and I, I think we really lost out um, and uh, what a legend I mean what a truly 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 special special legend yeah it's it's I, I'm I was a little upset by this one hurt today because I, I think the brilliance of Annie the brilliance of the producers the brilliance of the book of Hairspray I mean these are flawlessly constructed. And, Flawlessly constructed musicals that automatically, first of all, they tell us everything we need to know about the characters. They launch the music beautifully. It is perfection, absolute perfection. I put him on this, his genius in the crafting of a book, I feel, is the same genius that Sondheim is in crafting a song, and Jerome Robbins is in crafting a dance. So why shouldn't the book writer be... 100% agree. Justice? I think that uh, the, the, the pieces that he was a part of were by individuals that 
may have had success, but their biggest success were the pieces that he wrote. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Mm. You know, sh- mm. Mar- you know, Shaman and the Hairspray, Annie, you know, Annie, you know, the producers. I, I, it's not a coincidence that he was a part of that, I believe. So, um, yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, and think about it. If those books weren't as strong, I'm trying to think of other book writers who really Peter don't. Stone, I mean, Terrence Peter Stone, Terrence McNally, but he can be hit and miss sometimes. Right. Yes. Terrence McNally. Yeah, yeah, but overall, good stuff, though. Oh, yes. You know, Um, uh, let's see, because, I mean, he did a whole bunch of the Aaron's and Flaherty stuff. Um, So we've talked about Peter Stone. Um, I'm trying to think of some others that uh, Arthur Lawrence's, you know, couple that were really, really strong. Legendary, yes. Which are, you know, legendary. The great Bert Sheveloff. Hugh Wheeler. Hugh Wheeler, I'll throw up there. Larry Gelbart. Mm -hmm. Uh, who's you know City of Angels was uh, I think is one is a brilliant fantastic book. So these book writers don't get the credit. I'm I sure agree. there's others that we're forgetting. I agree. And we'd love yeah. You know we'd love to hear from people being oh um, uh, Herb and Dorothy Fields. Oh, classic. Right, Oscar Hammerstein used to write mm-hmm. his own books mm-hmm. as well. You know, so it's it's one of those things that I think that we Lindsay should be celebrating Krause. the book writer more. Yeah. Those Lindsay Kraus. You know, uh, uh, and like we said, Thomas Meehan was at the top of our list, and um, unfortunately, and we had had some discussions, and unfortunately, it just oh, it just never happened. Uh, but I'm so happy that the legacy of work that he leaves behind is just Amen. so incredible. Amen. Um, so what we didn't, yeah. So shout out to yeah, all the book writers agreed. out there. Agreed, agreed, agreed. All right, my friend, what's your favorite thing this week? Oh, Rob, this is a weird one. It's a really weird one. I'm going back to my college days about 20 years ago. I, I, this, all right. So I'm going to preface this by saying, you know, in 1998, 1999, I would go on to eBay because the internet was very new and I would search, you know, cast albums and try to find the cheapest albums, you know, and just try to collect them all. Um, and this album was always, at like for like 25 cents it was it they must have produced so many of them and no one bought any um and yet this has a bit it's not a great it's not a great show at all it's never been done on broadway but it is so campy no campy is the wrong word it's so um uh, it's just different from any musical you've ever heard before is this the one we were talking about with the albums with the No, crocodile? it is not. But it's you're gonna I think the minute I say it, you're gonna be like, oh yes. Let's just say that it's um, a version of Cinderella. <laughs> oh, oh, is this okay, is it okay? It's it's nope. not Soho Cinders. Mm-hmm. It's not a tale for whatever the one that was done upstate New York a couple years ago. This is called Sisterella. I don't know what this is. Oh, man. Oh, Rob. Okay. So I this album was always for cheap on eBay when I was in college. And so I, of course, well, of course I bought it. Um, it was a musical that played at the Pasadena Playhouse. Um, it was sold out for its run from March and April in the Pasadena in 1996. Okay. Um, I was, I was living there at the time. I'm surprised I didn't, I didn't see this. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't hear about it. It was co-produced by Michael Jackson. What? It was, yes, 
Rob, I'm going to call this uh, one of those gospel musicals. Remember I usually used to talk about Lucretia Campbell and like, I love her stuff yes. and like the circuit. Yes. So this is, this show was very much written in the vein of that circuit. Okay. It was the book, music and lyrics, very much like Meredith Wilson, but not at all. But Larry Hart, not to be confused with the Larry Hart who gave us pal Joey that wrote with Richard Rogers, but a different Grammy award winning gospel writer, Larry Hart wrote this book and music and lyrics of sister Ella. And what I, I gather is that people thought this had legs. People like um, uh, Robert De Niro's Tribeca, you know, company invested in it. Uh, Michael Jackson was in the recording studio when they recorded this album. It's the West Coast premiere recording, so it's it's a cast recording basically. But I think that it wasn't the entire cast of the Pasadena Playhouse. Um, it is the story of Sister Ella. <laughs> She, um, Sister Ella is going to court to get the $900 million from her father's estate, but her step, her father died, but her stepmother is, wants that money. And she declares Ella is insane. And she says she's got to get a lobotomy and all that. So she can have, what? Well, she can, wait a minute, go back, go back. She can have the money. <laughs> What? No, I Wait am not kidding you. This is the story of Sister Ella. Wait a minute. They're going to lobotomize Cinderella? You know, that's what Dahlia, the mom, said. Like, and it's, wait, wait. The, they she's lobotomized like, well, Dolly Levi? Yeah. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you no. high? Sister Ella. No, Sister are Ella. Are you high, Sister Clary? Ella. Like, that, this is the, <laughs> are you high, Clary? This is the plot of Sister Ella. And then she's rescued by her fairy godfather. Her fa- who played the fa- what the hell did I miss? Okay, this is a this is a gospel musical. Okay, <laughs> I haven't even got to the good part yet, Rob. Um, oh, there's so. More. <laughs> oh God, there's so much more. Um, <laughs> there's so much more. So it was done in '96. They thought it was going to go to Broadway, and Michael Jackson was a part of all of it. He he invested in it. It was the only project that he ever attached his name to. That wasn't his creation. This is according to Larry Hart, but I believe that to be true. But he was, he put his name to it. And and they announced on Playbill that it was going to move to Broadway in 1998. It was supposed to move. And then he got taken to court because some guy um, said that he helped write it with him, but really with with Larry Hart, the writer. And they had a whole court procedure. It was a three-week court process. um, And... And, and it came out that Larry Hart did get the rights to write it. This other guy just really wanted to make the money off of Michael Jackson. So he said he helped create the idea. Um, it's very R&B, disco, gospel type feel. I want to talk about this recording, though. It is, it is definitely a studio recording of this show. There's a woman that plays the stepmother named Yvette Kaysen. Y-V-E-T-T-E Kaysen. C-A-S-O-N. We'll tag her on Twitter because she's on Twitter. She's actually playing at Pasadena Playhouse right now um, in in a show called Shout Sister Shout. Um, okay, she also she was also was in Play On. She also was the under she understudied oh. Jennifer Holiday at Effie in the original Dreamgirls and played the mom of Dina in the movie. Okay, she sings okay, her. Okay, let's let's she be, let's sings be, her let's face just, off. Let's be clear yeah, here. so she uh, she understood studied Effie, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, but she didn't cover Effie. Because oh, I don't... Oh, yeah, go. Freddie Martinez, as you know... Oh, my God, Jesus Effie. Christ. Oh, like, my just, God. Just, I just don't want you to Oh, my God. Just when I get excited, you bring up Freddie Goddamn Martinez, and I'm... <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's a couple things, and I looked on YouTube. You cannot find the cast album on YouTube, friends. Either you have it or you don't. It's a weird piece, um, but I just want to talk about some of the songs in it. There's one. Wait, what? Tell me the title again. Sorry, the title again. Sisterella, like Cinderella, but Sisterella, like all one word, Sisterella, like Sisterella. Okay. 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 Um, yeah. And it, <laughs> it is full on. It's a African American version of Sisterella of Cinderella, but it's not even about race. It's 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 just this man's interpretation of the story, and he created a full story about it. And in this story, the stepmother like wants all the money, and Sisterella, who deserves the money, is trying to fight for her money back. And um, the stepmother tries to like get her, you know, in an insane asylum, and she gets her fairy godfather to come out and get her out of it. Okay, um, <laughs> so I'm I'm literally, I'm literally looking this up. Yeah, right I know now. you are. So here's so the so it starts out with the song "I Got the Money," of course. So, <laughs> Rob, this is one of those times where I feel like I'm really shocking you. But you, I, I really wish we could listen to the songs together right now because they really are. Are so, you dying on me? No, they really are so shocking. These songs, but I got the money is one of the greatest. It, it's 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 the first song on the album. It's fantastic. It is the stepmother being like, "He's dead." Literally, I got the money. And Larry Hart, he writes this style where, like, you get a verse with the information, which is typical of a verse of a song. And then when he gets to the chorus, he just repeats the same phrase over and over again. So in the song, I got the money, it's just, I got the money, I got the money. But the singing on the album is so insane. And then they'll, like, change, they go up a half step, so elevated. And then they'll spell the word money. They'll be like, M-O-N-E, M-O-N-E-Y, uh, M-O-N-E, M-O-N-E-Y. There's fake endings. And then <laughs> there's a song called Dr. Doctor, which is the song where... <laughs> stepmother tries to have Ella committed. And I, I'm telling you, my friend Derek and I in college, Derek Kobe from Scottsboro Boys, I have to say, just shout out to Derek. He found this, and we used to listen in 1999. We would listen to this this part. Dr. Doctor, when the mom tries to have Ella committed, and the verse is all normal. She said, Ella's wild, causes static, emotional, erratic. Good rhyme there. And then, friends, if you go to Dr. Doctor at the one-minute mark, just listen to this part. And then she says, oh, matter of fact, and by the way, Ella broke my daughter's arm. And then she says, we all try to endure it. We're so petrified. What I'm trying to say is, uh, uh, the bitch done lost her mind. Ironically, a Larry Hart lyric written by both Larry Hart's. The bitch done lost her mind. And then at the end of the song, she's the original ending for Bewitched Father and Bewildered. <laughs> She just riffs on it, Rob. It is, but but Yvonne, Yvette, Yvette, sorry, my apologies, Yvette. Her singing is so out of this world. So you're kind of appalled at what the lyric is, but you're you're kind of amazed at the singing going on because her singing is insane. I mean, she's singing the shit out of it, and you can't believe. 
believe though that they are giving they are they are like all in on this lyric. They are giving you full drama about it. it I I don't know what else to tell you. Is this is this a studio recording? Or do they film it's a it studio live? recording. There are a couple of clips. Larry Hart, the composer, writer, and book writer and lyricist, posted on his website some clips that from the nineties, and 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 it is them in the studio, and you see them singing it. There's a reprise of the money song. You know, I got the money, and and at the end when she's like she's like all proud at the end the reprise is not nah, I got the money she goes just kiss my butt kiss my big black butt kiss my butt kiss my patootie it is like <laughs> and I hope I have a listener out there just even if it's just one person who has listened to this and knows what I'm talking about because it is so wacky and weird and brilliant at the same time and that is what I want to talk about today for my favorite thing. It's a little outside the box, if you'll forgive me, but I feel very passionate about it. And all I'm trying to say is the bitch done lost her mind. Which is <laughs> bewitched, bothered, and the bitch done lost her mind. <laughs> is, that, is that what you wanted? I really feel like I really almost ruined our favorite thing today, but um, I'm going to eat my popcorn and I don't care. I, (laughs) I'm not laughing at the show. I'm not laughing at the show. I respect it. It was going to go to Broadway. It was those producers. It had powerful producers behind it. It was, it was major. They really thought that this show was, was it. And then I think they realized, oh, maybe we don't know the world of musical theater like we thought we did because it actually, it takes a lot more for a show to go to Broadway. You need a little bit more substance. You know, and I read all the reviews and they're they're interesting. It toured Europe right after. You know, um, Wanda Houston was in it. Um, uh, Richard Pryor's daughter, Rain Pryor, was in it. She played, she played one of the stepsisters. And this is 1996. I mean, it was legit. It was full on legit. And then just radio silence. Nothing. Do you know? Do you know if it's available for licensing? I don't know. I don't know about. I don't. I don't know. I, I have no idea. That's well. I think that sounds fantastic. I'm laughing at how passionate <laughs> you are. I I listened to it again today, and it is the music is so fun. It's gospel, disco, the singing. Oh God, Yvette, you're so good. You're so killer in this. Are you, are you gonna make me a copy, or can I come over and listen to it? Yeah, I'll send it to you. I'll put on. I'll give you on the Dropbox. Yeah. Oh really? Like, yeah, do you have yeah. a lot of stuff on Dropbox that I'm unaware of? No, but I just paid. I just was because of our auditions for merely roll along. I had to pay for the like the extended Dropbox to get all the oh, videos yeah. of, of like our you know auditions because I'm because I'm still in Lancaster and I have to like you know I'm away from you. I miss you, Rob. Oh, oh Kevin, mm, I know. There was a time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I've spent. I'm looking at the clock and it's 20 minutes and I'm embarrassed. So it's your turn. Go. Why are you in bed? Oh, for, okay, so first of all, just really quickly, I forgot to mention this. I want to give a big thank you um, because on our last yes. favorite thing that we talked about, we had mentioned how much we loved Ken Mandelbaum's uh, Not Since Carrie. And if anybody had any access to Ken, could they email us? Well, lo and behold, guess who emailed us? Who, Rob? Ken, exactly. Ken Mandelbaum and I, Rob, do you remember the text I sent you where I fangirled out like a freak? And I was like, Rob, yes. Ken, he emailed like not even subtle at all. I, I, will, t- I will tell you this. I, I emailed Ken back immediately. I said, thank you so much for emailing us back. And we would love to have him on the podcast to talk to him. We're waiting to hear back, but I just want all of our listeners to know that we have made an effort 
to get him to come oh, talk gosh. to us, and I so hope Such he does. And and if he doesn't want to do it on the record, that's fine. We'll t- we Kevin and I just want to oh, meet yeah. him, and take a selfie with him, talk about and have him sign legend. our book and get, and geek out over the utter glory of Morrissey Hall. That's all I want to do. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's a legend of all legends in my book. Le- yeah, I, I and in your book, how perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. And and then maybe convince him to be like, hey. Not since Carrie Part Two? Question yeah, mark? Because we kind of all need it and really want it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I just want to thank our listeners so much um, who all who all chimed in and, and got him to contact us. The one thing I don't know is I don't know if somebody told him, hey, they're looking for you, or if he actually listens to the podcast. Wow. Um, I, that I don't know. But oh my gosh, if Ken Mandelbaum was listening to us, oh, I would pass now. I would be like Wait. full circle in my life. I can die happy. He said in the email, he's like, I listened to the podcast. And I just thought, oh, wow, that's... Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, oh yeah, remember? Oh, yeah, God. yeah. Anyway, oh, oh. I'm, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all like, I'm, I'm tingling. <laughs> Such delicious tingles. Oh, I saw Prince of Broadway. Oh, Rob, how was it? Uh, first of all, oh my God, it was. I mean, we got Karen Ziemba, we got Chuck Cooper, we got, um, 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 uh, oh my gosh, there's a young lady who I've worked with a couple of times and is a genius. Her name is Brianna Marie Parham. And Brianna was, she sings cabaret. First of all, Brianna is like the standout of the show. Everyone in that show is incredibly talented. But Brianna, here's her track. Are you ready? She sings Will He Like Me in the most gorgeous soprano voice you've ever heard in your life. Just so you know, this is the best rendition of Will He Like Me I think I've ever heard next to Barbara Cooks. Yeah. Okay? Then she ends act one singing cabaret kevin this is the definitive version of cabaret wait so she literally goes into head voice you know soprano and then is gonna belt at you with her quote-unquote chest voice yep and then she ends up doing queenie in uh, showboat (laughs) she she sings can't help loving that man of mine oh that's amazing um she steals the show. First of all, they're all amazing. The cast is absolutely amazing. It's like Karen Ziemba and Tony Yazbek and Chuck Cooper. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple of them. Oh, Brandon Urenowitz. Um, but she owns Cabaret now. In my mind, no one will perform Cabaret as good as Brianna. She is now going to be the boss. Oh, I just love that. So, even, so if you were like, I don't know if I want to see Prince of Broadway... You must do it just to see her cabaret. Uh, uh, uh. And I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not building this up. Like I, I literally had to be scraped off the ceiling next to everyone else around me. Wow. And Emily Skinner's now, you know, is pretty fantastic. Um, it's it's and and um, Beowulf Borat, who did the set design. Oh yeah. It's so has done. It's so cute. Integrated in, in each of the designs is the name of the original set designer from the musical. <gasps> so when you look at, there's, when they do West Side Story, there's all these old like, you know, posters painted to the fence, like advertising boxing matches and sales. And in it, it says Oliver Smith. Oh, wow. Or um, there's Boris Aronson, yeah. Or Boris Aronson or this person or that. It's really cool. It's, oh, he's done a really cool classy, job. Classy, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the overture, which is like all these great selections of Prince's music, is like so fantastic. And Jason anyway. Robert Brown was uh, integral oh, yeah. in that creation. I, I saw the clip online. 
and it's 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 pretty special. Oh, it's a really special evening in the theater. Um, and but I would I want everyone to go just see Brianna because she's an absolute genius. And I am hoping there's a Tony nomination in it. Wow, already? Wow. Yeah, I'm feeling really cocky on this one because I think she's fabulous. I like when you get cocky, Rob. Good. Oh, shucks. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. However, as much as I loved Prince of Broadway, it is not my favorite thing this week. What my favorite is thing this it? week is one that I was like, oh, I'm surprised we haven't covered yet. Another one? I don't think we covered it because there's no commercial cast recording available for our listeners to go and soak up this wonderful material. Okay. So it's, it's a musical. We've It's a demo? <sighs> for my Stairway to Stardom fans. Lebe. Demo? What's a demo? Oh, it's a recording of my singing voice. I sing like a canary. Oh, I'm fine, Libby. I do the whole thing. Um, so, so you do who's being served. <laughs> oh, my God. So, it's, so, yes, there is a demo of it, but it's not available for commercial release. However, someone has posted the demo to YouTube. So you might be able to oh. listen to the demo that way, but you can't, like, buy it off of Amazon or stream it off of Spotify or Apple Music. Okay? And he types in YouTube into his browser as he listens, yes. Um, but it's a musical, you know it's a musical, I know it's a musical that we all love that I feel that more people should really be celebrating because I, I listened to the score again yesterday and I just thought to myself, God damn, what a good score. And it's written by, the score is written by one of your favorite people. Uh, not Janine Tesori. Not Janine Tesori. Um, it's a guy, you like him a lot. Um, not Alan Sherman. Not Alan Sherman. Um, who else do I like, Rob? Uh, I love everybody. Uh, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you some clues about the musicals, okay? okay? Or the musical itself. Uh, the musical uh, opened in 1986 Ooh. at the Lundfontan Theater. Um, it had a pre-aerial Jody Benson. Crazy for you? Oh, no. Good Good guess. Pre, pre, uh, we had Jody Benson. We had um, 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 Jeff McCarthy. We had um, uh, 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 the, 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 the lyric in the book for my Howard Ashman. Oh, my God. I feel so stupid. Smile? The mu- oh, yes. <gasps> of course. Of course it was Smile. We, of course. So we have not talked about Smile on here. We have here. not, um, Rob. 
And I, I mean, I love the score, and I was assuming that maybe you love the do, score too, or you listen to the no, score. So I don't want to, I don't want to. No, I don't you. know the score. I've played Disneyland literally hundreds of times for singers, and I love. So that's the it. most popular. And, and I right? read that like uh, Hamlish actually was a little more ashamed of the score. He didn't want it to be presented. He thought it needed work. Yes. I'm sorry, I'm I'm ruining your favorite things. It's you. No, 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 no. I'm happy Go. you know it. Oh my god, I'm so happy you know it. No, 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 no. But I'm literally typing it into YouTube right now so I can watch it when we get off. So um, so for our listeners who don't know what Smile is, Smile was a 1986 musical that was based on the 1970 film of the sa- 75 film of the same name called Smile, which is a cult film that has sort of disappeared. Um, and I feel like the show is very timely now. Smile was about a group of young American misses. Uh, not MRS, but M-I-S-S, like a, like a Miss America pageant, but specifically focusing on teenagers. And one of them would be crowned Miss Young American Miss of California and then go to compete off in the, Ameri- the big you know, competition across the United States. The film is incredibly dark and incredibly satirical. It's making fun of local businesses. It's making fun of small towns. It was it's sort of drop-dead gorgeous before drop-dead gorgeous. I was just going to say that. Okay. Um, and so and it, the movie starred, I don't know if you guys remember, but Barbara Feldon from Get Smart. She was Agent 99. And Bruce Dern was in it. And, uh, and then some of the women that were c- competing were Annette O'Toole and Melanie Griffith. And there was supposed to be a washed-up cynical choreographer who was like this really rough-around-the-edges guy played in the movie by Michael Kidd. Wait, Michael Kidd was like Michael the Kidd actor? Michael Kidd Yes, and like yes. famous choreographer Michael Kidd from Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and Guys and Dolls plays the old washed-up choreographer who has to Amazing. come and Amazing. choreograph this young American Miss Pageant. So anyway... The, the material, I think, actually screams out to be a musical. It's the story of young women competing for, to be noticed. And I think that it's, it screams to be a musical. So Marvin Hamlish took the property, um, and originally it was going to be Marvin Hamlish and Carolyn Lee. Mm. You know? Um, and then Carolyn Lee passed... And then it went over to Howard Ashman. Really? They, they went through different book writers. Um, they went through a couple of different book writers before they find, before Howard Ashman was kind of finally like, I'm going to do it. The first book writer was Jack Heifner, who also wrote Vanities. Do you remember Vanities? It's the three character play, it's the three women. Uh, and you see them going from like teenage life to like their middle age. Uh huh. Didn't a you work on it? Well. I did indeed. Yes, you um, did. But yes. Um, so anyway, yeah. uh, so Smile has an amazing, <laughs> amazing score. And what happened was in 1987, there, oh, sorry, 1986, you have to remember that the Broadway season in the 86-87 season was not the strongest for musicals. Oh, yeah. Because we had, here we go, we were getting dominated by the British music. Right. We had uh, Starlight Express. It was the year Les Mis comes to town. We had Me and My Girl. Right. Um, and and then, uh, then we had a group of American musicals that weren't so hot. Rags. Uh, 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 Honky Tonk Nights. Uh, <laughs> Stardust. You know, musicals that are just tripping off your tongue. And, of course, my personal favorite, um, uh, 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 Into the Light. Which, if we all remember, was the Shroud of Turin musical. Oh, that was a classic. Dean Jones, right? Oh, wow. Um, so everyone thought Smile was going to be the great savior of the American it's musical. It's Marvin Hamlish. 
It's music by Chorus Lines Marvin Hamlish, lyrics and book by Lil Shop of Horrors Howard Ashman, and a group of wonderful, unknown, young, fresh faces in the cast. That included people like, like I said, Jody Benson and Ann Bobby. Uh, and and, and un- what unfortunately, the show does not run very long. It runs 48 performances, and it gets absolutely horrible reviews. And the show sort of fades away. Why? And they ne- why? Yeah, I'm curious. Like, why? Why? Why did they not the, like it, Rob? I'm sorry. I, I know it's. I'm, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm just curious. Oh like, what? no, no, no. The re- the reason the critics said they did not like it was that there were tone there were tonal issues. It was really hard. For in one hand, we were supposed to laugh at these girls in their dreams, and then we were supposed to care about wow. these girls in their dreams. So the tones kept shifting on us quite rapidly. They said the score was undistinguished. They said the direction was pretty undistinguished. Um, I've gone back and looked at a bootleg. I think it's fun. Yeah. I think it, I think it's it's really fine. But unfortunately, they did a demo CD that they put out if people wanted to license the show. So if you wanted to license the show, you call Samuel French, you get the script and this demo CD, but the CD was not available for purchase. So nobody ever really has heard this amazing Which score. is what's on YouTube. But now, yeah, I'm looking at it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but now there's – then in the early 90s, if you remember Unsung Musicals, they did a whole bunch of songs from Smile mm. uh, and put it out there. They did like Disneyland and the title song and a very offensive song but very funny called Maria's Song where a candidate uh, who's Hispanic sings about all the great Hispanic dishes oh she God. makes. Which right now you kind of cringe at, but it's kind of funny. Um, and this beautiful song called In Our Hands – which was supposed to be the last big group number that all the girls sing as part of the pageant. But, and it has this very West Side Story feel to it. So anyway, long story short, you, we had little samplings. And then finally, we had this thing called Howard Sings Ashman, which was – and we all remember that Howard Ashman died very, very young of AIDS. Uh, and think of all the great things had he lived yes. that we could be I mean, What a to, gifted right? lyricist, a, a truly special, special writer. Right. And in 2008, PS Classics put out a, a two-CD set called Howard Sings Ashman. The first di- disc is a collection of songs that Howard Ashman has sung over the years in his demos. But the second CD was Smile Entirely. And it was all smile all the time. Plus a transcript in the liner notes of a taped conversation between him, Hamlish, and Bob Fosse discussing mm. the development of Smile. So it's really oh. fascinating. So anyway, there's lots of ways. So we can listen to Howard Ashman singing his songs from Smile, or we can actually go now and listen to this original demo that was made years ago. So I think Smile, especially now in the age of you know Honey Boo Boo and in a post-drop-dead gorgeous world and in a post-reality television world where everyone is obsessed with getting ahead and being the prettiest and being the most you know loved, I think Smile is due for a comeback. Um, I think it needs to be reworked. I think the book needs some tweaking. Uh, and I think a more consistent tone would be great. But I think everyone should go and spend this weekend, go onto YouTube and take a listen to Smile. Now, there's one more thing I forgot to mention, and I'm going to mention it. Ooh. Because Smile was looked at as the beacon of hope for American musical theater in the 86, 87 season, 60 Minutes decided they were going to film what and document the from backers audition all the way to opening night on Broadway. And so it, this is also on YouTube. Diane Sawyer 
does a fantastic 13 to 16 minute interview with all of them and it shows the what? it shows the backers audition it shows the workshop it explains oh, there it is you know i see it about? i, see, um, I see just saw it? it i literally just found 13 minutes 1306 yeah um and it's really fascinating oh my god but it shows you how the musical progressed them listening to the reviews coming in when they tried their tried out in baltimore out of town and then the idea, what it leaves you with at the end is that the show's going to come to town and be an absolute big hit. And as we know from hindsight, it does not. So my advice is watch the 60 Minutes documentary. Watch the original movie, Smile, because I think it's absolutely hysterical and doesn't get the credit that it deserves. And then go and listen to the demos of Smile and then go listen to Howard Sings Ashman and you get to hear Howard Ashman interpreting the songs that he wrote with Marvin Hamlish. So I would like Smile to make a comeback. I think it can be reworked, and I think it's actually appropriate now for them. Oh, man, you really nailed it this week. I did not. I just love Smile. <laughs> you really did. I'm, I, I can't believe it's been I've, – I've known about it, but it's been com- – I have not spent the time to look at it, and I can't believe YouTube has been like, hey – it's been here all this time. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not check at all about anything on YouTube today until we started before we started recording because I was just going to recommend to people to buy Howard Sings Ashman, and then I yeah. realized maybe there's stuff out there. So yeah, they put the Samuel wow. French demo out, and I Man. own a bootleg of one of the actual performances, like on video. Um, wow. which is pretty special. And it's a great, oh, I mean, it's a great cast. You know, you know yeah. Jeff McCarthy, Marsha Waterbury, uh, J- uh, Jody Benson, Ariel, the voice of Ariel before she became Oh, Ariel. yeah. And, we, and like we said, we know the big song, Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, oh, yeah. Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a gorgeous um, song. Amazing. Uh, uh, wow. Good one. That was a really good one. That's, so that's awesome. Ironically, another theme, we're looking at women who are yearning for a better life. <laughs> well played thematically, yes. thematically tied once again um, and like we said this is the last week where you have to listen to Kevin and I speaking opposite of each other yeah, so thank you room. so thanks for putting up with us and Indeed. we got some we got some exciting guests coming up um, over the next month or so and we're going to be recording those when he when Kevin gets back into town yes we are I'm excited so the, so everyone have a wonderful weekend Stay cool because it's hot out. Oh, um, man. And take a listen to either Smile or... Sisterella. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to put you in my phone now as Sisterella. Oh, man. <laughs> the next Just, time we, do, we go on to Zencaster, it's going to be like Sisterella. Sisterella That's what I should have done. Do that next time. Oh, well, good night, <laughs> Sisterella. Bye, everybody. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens Brown paper packages tied up with strings These are a few of my favorite things These are a few of my Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.